Welcome back to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Oh, thank you, Clint, for having normal voice volume on that <laughs> intro. And welcome back. On. Yeah, working we're working on about seat. So, season three, episode eight. We're back in the lab, January twenty second, twenty twenty four. This is episode vin vientidos. Or for everyone out there, 22. So 22 on 22. Mm. Hmm. Very nice. We did not plan that. I'm, I'm, my lucky number is 11, so 11 times 2 is 22. Well, so you, if you have two twos, and that's 4, and then carry the 8, that's 12. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. There's there's a lot of math we could do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So episode 22, our current event, uh, we are there's some sentiment, there's some emotional connection to it, but uh, what we're going to discuss today uh, is successful delegation in leadership and in the workplace. We're going to talk about tattoos in the workplace, and that's mm-hmm. near and dear to our hearts here. And then our cocktail mocktail du jour, so our leaded version is the Tom Collins. Yes. And then we have our unleaded version, which is called the Phil Collins. Because she's an easy lover. <laughs> Phil, it should be Phil or Phyllis. Phil, no, she's an easy lover. Oh, so, I like it. Um, it looks strong. tasty uh, for my mocktail. I'm still going strong. Um, I haven't given in, so it's been 22 straight days of no alcohol. Still got a little ways to go to get to November 11th, but or November 11th, February 11th. <laughs> yeah, wow. I can't go to November. 11th. Who's kidding? Who? Um, so here, here we go. So. Our current event, something um, emotional uh, to me, just because we're we're returning the page on a year, and it is the, the Ukraine war. And why aren't we hearing about it anymore? And we used to; it was so rampant um, last year when when Russia invaded and was bombing the Ukraine, and and now that ukraine was looking for support from you know nato and looking for support from the americas and and looking for support from canada and now we really don't hear about it and from a leadership perspective i'm trying to understand russia's stance on this so putin and the russian army are bombing basically the ukraine to the ground to take it over so, but what really is the outcome of doing it so yeah, 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 and 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 just to go back on what you said earlier, I think it's been two years, right? It's two years, yeah, two, two years, years, yeah. yeah. Um, so a long time, yeah. You know, there's I think there's for me anyways, there's there's two trains of thought. One would be obviously it's about money, and he wants oil, and he wants the land, and then the other side is well, maybe it's just that he's a tyrannical dictator that gives no shits about anybody's lives and he just wants to win that land back for mother russia yeah well if you're if you're okay so if you want that land back and and let's say ukraine said hey with the wave the white flag and says hey you can you can go ahead and have it i mean russia's put so many mines so i was listening to a podcast of some green berets that are working there on another podcast and they've they've already uncovered 1700 mines so buried mines yeah and it's not that's just scratching the surface so well i mean i'm sure the people the russian army that's burying these mines are gps tracking them and putting them into a mapping system so they can go find them later they're just 
putting them there and then leaving. Yeah. And then, so and then is it safe? Is it safe for to return? To return? No, yeah. it's and not. A lot of the people that left would have been the really young, uh, mostly women. Uh, yeah, or, they rushed or, the women and or children. Elderly. Yeah. Um, because you know, in the Ukraine, of course, there's. Um, there was a need for soldiers for people to fight, and I think it was from eighteen to like sixty years old. Um, you're 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 meant. There's martial law where you're actually meant to stay there, and if you try to leave, you'll be arrested. Yeah, yeah. So it's in, and I'm, I mean, what what's the outcome from a leadership perspective? So Russia, let's say they win, <clears throat> Ukraine doesn't become part of NATO. Ukraine becomes part of Russia. The Russian people would never accept, you know, Putin as. Their or the president. Ukrainian people, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Ukrainian people would never accept Putin as their... So they would be always vindictive and always just waiting for moments of time to be able to uncover and expose. and Well, the atrocities that have happened there. And that's it's too far gone. For, we see the propaganda side of things. And from my understanding, there's way worse things happening there than well, what the world Yeah, they're not going to tell us. Right? They're not the, going to... The Russian soldiers sure, are capturing women and children. They're raping them. They're murdering them. They're They're... They're running them over with their tanks. I know somebody who's from the Ukraine, yeah. and they they managed to get out of the Ukraine. And what I understand is that the people of Ukraine are very strong. They 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 come together as one, and they support each other. And they have their own internal social network, like websites set up yeah. where they share data and information. And some of the videos and stuff on there, supposedly of all these uh, war crimes that are happening that, do, that don't get released to the media or that the media is not allowed to play. To your point, and this is my point I'm making, is they will never accept Putin as their leader. No, and never. they will never give up their land until in, unless they all die, which is terrible, but that's that's the position. Yeah, and, and from a leadership perspective now, if you're on... Um, the Ukrainian side, you know, it, it, is it too far gone to to work on a peace treaty to say, hey, like we've had enough. Um, let's recover what we can. Let's try to build a truce. N- nobody wants a war, and now we have the Hamas Gaza Strip and Iran and yeah. pa- uh, Palestine war, and that's just shadowing, covering up what's happening in ukraine and now we're not hearing the coverage on it now the u.s is involved in multiple wars that they can't afford yeah right right. for trillions and trillions of dollars in debt where does it end democracy or at least some form of negotiation like we we have to find peace or some form of a treaty to say hey like i understand it's potentially shock therapy as well where they're trying to re-establish a new government and a regime for sure and and you know a, a new financial economic plan but at the cost of all these lives and there, and there are a lot of innocent people and they're you know eight Ten million people have fled and left but arguably they're all innocent right if your countries oh, gets attacked yeah, arguably they're all innocent, but then you turn the innocent into not innocent because now the atrocities that Russia, I mean, that, that what we call payback or whatever, now you're potentially having war crimes, right? Because now you're wanting to get back at them For too, sure. right? Yeah. So yeah. It, there's nobody wins this. You know, Putin, you know, may keep 
launching missiles for I don't know how many more years. It's not an end of days uh, war, but for, for you know for what right and and so. For, you know, sure. I, for me, why aren't we talking about it more? Why aren't we? Why aren't you know the the media has kind of just dropped it off? Maybe we have just lost sight of it because we we it's not it's not new, it's not, it's fresh, not fresh, it's not shiny. It's yesterday's <clears throat> news, and it is really unfortunate. You know, there are still websites set up where you can donate um, to the Ukraine. You, there's delis in Polko and Port Moody, and you can go yeah, there and the area, get so flags. And yeah. The community is very, very strong, and they, I know they stand behind the, the people of Ukraine, and there's still ways for us to help. So I think it's up to people like us, you and I, and, and bring it back to the, the, the forefront. Rest of bring it back to the forefront and really support them. Yeah, it's, right? still, it's still happening, everybody. It, it's not not happening because you're not hearing about it on, on your news channels or news feeds. It's just you know, maybe it's run its cycle, it's run its course, and now we're focused on Gaza Strip and, and Palestine and, and another war. So it's sad, but it's true, and, and it's not fresh. So um, I want to put a pin in it. We're going to kind of drop the Ukraine thing, but we will do some posting of stuff on our social media page for sure. our pages just to say give you guys links and feeds i mean it is happening if you're still concerned about it or if you want to be involved there are ways to be involved and in, in supporting financially and and maybe even um having um refugees um sponsored by yourself to come here to be safe right yeah, so absolutely all right so we had mentioned we touched on it last episode and that's around successful or, or delegating some of your workload as a leader and not overdoing it, uh, learning how to say no or learning how to delegate. Yeah, and I exactly. thought it would be a fitting topic for us to kind of discuss a little bit more in detail or, or dig in uh, a little bit with it because it's not as easy as just handing off paperwork or handing off an, a project or a business plan or something and, and kind of washing your hands. Okay, I feel good about it. You got to be direct. You need clear line of communication with the person that you're, or person or team that you're delegating the work to. Um, you got to make sure that what you're assigning, they're capable of completing. I've, I've been in, on the path numerous times, and I've actually delegated some work to some folks that didn't know how to say no themselves and tried their best to tackle it. I didn't give clear direction or yeah. clear expectations of deliverable and what i got was more work well or potentially they didn't ask the right questions mm -hmm. i also i have written down here that um as the delegator you need to be open to new ideas as well so mm -hmm. a lot of the times when you're delegating something it's like well i want it my way or the highway has to be done like xyz but be open to having that communication that's where that dialogue comes into the, to play and and if they present a brand new idea or an easier way to get it done or a more efficient way, then be open to that. So. Yeah, and you, you have to uh, when you when you when you delegate the work or you offload the work, you have to make sure that they accept it as well. Yes. Like they have a voice too. Maybe their workload is already at their max or their peak. We don't know, right? Or they're at their peak capability. They, you have, they have to want to accept and acknowledge, hey, yeah, I'll do this for you. I understand the amount of hours or I understand the amount of time it is. You can't just offload your garbage and just expect them to go and try to make something out of it. 
they have to want to accept it. And yeah. they, they, you want them to be passionate about the work you're giving them as well. Well, for sure. Well, it, uh, at least semi-passionate. I mean, it just depends what the job is. But you're right. I mean, and there has to be a timestamp on it. It's like, hey, I'm delegating to this to you. This is the timeline you have. Can you achieve that? If, if you just throw it in the middle of the table and say, I need you to get this done, and it's open-ended, and you're not clearly communicating the expectation, then the individual go or the team goes, okay, well, I'll just put that to, on the side of my desk and I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah. It needs to be clearly outlined. You guys need to have an agreement. This is exactly what's going to happen. This is when it's going to happen. And your job's not over there either. You still need to monitor and support them. Closely. Well, you gotta, yeah, you got to drop in. Yes, You can't absolutely. just drop the bomb and run away from it, right? You got to drop no. in. You got to do some, you know, courtesy check-ins to make sure it's on the path. It's or you set clear expectations that you you will get a report every X number of days or hours or weeks so that you can make sure that they're on track, right? Well, so it's not a dump and leave. No, and, and I, I think a big key piece of that too is when you're checking in, it's an opportunity for you to motivate as well, right? Or mm-hmm. course correct. Hey, great job here. Let's maybe work a little bit different on this thing, but, but the rest of the project doing is great. And at the end of it all, when they're done and they hit that milestone, Say thank you. Like, oh yeah. Give them a like. Give them a kudo. It may be in front of the team. Hey, Ryan picked up this this job I threw him at last week. I knew he was busy, but he nailed it. Got it on time, and it was done great. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate your support, Ryan. Because then the next time you delegate to Ryan or the team, they're gonna welcome it with open arms because they know that you appreciate it. Yeah, and you acknowledge that that you accepted the help, right? So exactly. You know, and I can remember delegating work to some folks over the years and the fail points. And and when it fails is when you haven't skilled those, you haven't upskilled those people that you've handed off the work to. Totally. And so they they may fear for their jobs because they don't want to say no. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so they yeah. accept it, but they don't have any idea how to do it. And that's a fail point on a leader, making sure that the people that you are handing your work to know what they're doing, know how to do it. That's right. And they have the tools for it. Yeah. And and then it might be a whole team. So who from your delegated team will be the lead of the team? Right. right. So you delegate to delegate. So which is that new leader? Right. And so you need to be very clear with the team. You know, maybe Marcy is now the team lead for this project. I need you all to report to her. She's already acknowledged and and received the kind of overall project scope. Absolutely. And now you guys will kind of report to her on an interim basis till we get that project complete. And that falls into one of my bullets where I put down, you got to choose the right person. And that kind of, that's, you know, who has that leadership ability, who has the training and the tool set Mm -hmm. to be able to get the job done. And if nobody in your team has that, then that's a training opportunity for you to say, hey, I need to be able to delegate this work. I'm going to grab Steve. Steve's maybe going to be my successor and I'm going to get him the training he needs so he can start I can start loading this, some of this stuff off onto him, but it's also training him into mm-hmm. uh, being a successor for my role. Yeah, don't be short-sighted on. You know, maybe you don't have the you you don't have the um, horsepower on your team, right? So that it identifies that level of horsepower too, and goes back to the succession planning. We all have to do it. We're not going to always be in the same role for you know eons. It's good to be able to have a succession plan for. 
you know, handing that work off, delegating that work and going, hey, this is this could be your role in the coming X number of years. That's right. As part of the succession plan, you did such a good job of this. Hey, kudos to you. Do you want would you like to take on more? For sure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, and it also creates a bit of a roadmap for them. It's bullet points on their resume, you know, with, or you know, let's say you have somebody that you're training and they're and you're delegating work to and they go and they want to move to a different department. They get to go in and, and they can they can sell themselves on. Hey, look at all this work I was doing for my director or my GM mm-hmm. and all the extra training I had. And it's it's I mean, it's a really good news story all around. So for those of you out there that are like, I hate to delegate because I nobody does it as good as I do. And I like to hold on to my work closely. You got to dive into that world, find a successor. It's a very positive thing, and don't look at it from a negative side. That you can't complete the work, right? So, and your way is not the only way. Clint mentioned it as well. So, allowing other eyeballs, other minds to think about it, it they may come up with a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't make you look bad as a leader. If anything, if you adapt and, and change. Maybe you find a new way of doing things, right? And and now your team is feels good about it because now they've created something new. And maybe they were aware of maybe your shortcomings. Mm-hmm. You just weren't able to see it until yeah. you you delegated some work. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, a topic we've kind of touched on. But before we go there, whoa! You hear, you hear the joke about the giraffe that oh. walked into a bar? Oh no! He said the high balls are on me. This is your segue into uh, yeah, t- tattoos it's, it's, in the workplace? Into a mo- I wanted to break the ice. That's the well, icebreaker. So th- th- that was a good joke? No, it's a, it's a dad joke. It's a dumb yeah, joke. A, Cruz thought it was funny. Just, the dog's laughing. It's an animal joke. He thought it was hilarious. Right, Cruz? Yeah, you should have another drink. Yeah, he's laughing at his own jokes. Uh, I, uh, if, if I don't my, laugh, nobody else does. Oh my god! Okay, I just need a break. I think I. Can we do the five minutes. No, no, I'm dumber for listening to that joke. <laughs> I got way more for you, buddy. Way no, more. just stop. Just you're <laughs> on a, next episode. You're on a roll that's in a bad place. So. Okay, we've talked about this numerous times, and we weren't sure when to bring it up. We've uh, we've kind of reviewed it. Um, yeah, we touched on it at least twice, I think, for sure. Yeah, and, and on, it, tattoos in the workplace, and we've worked in um, multiple different executive levels and, and leadership uh, places, plus out in the field and construction work as well. And so... I wanted to talk about it from, you know, the the lead the current leaders out there, and you know, the baby boomers and stuff like that. It's kind of a shock to their system. For sure, they they weren't brought up or had the types of leaders or people in executive teams that had any tattoos, and you know, tattoos aren't criminal, right? There, I, I know a lot of people, um, older generations, think that tattoos mean they're hard, gruff, a biker, or a criminal. Um, but they hold personal and emotional connections to the people that are wearing them. Military personnel get them as well for tours of duty or That's in right. memory of lost comrades or lost uh, people. You know, tattoos can also be therapeutic for people. You know, yeah. sitting in a chair, having a portrait of a of a lost parent or animal. 
you know that journey through the pain of it uh, the artists the artists now are incredible and they can really create these i would say almost masterpieces on on skin now and so well there's also the cultural and and religious side of mm-hmm. tattoos as well there's many cultures and religions around the world where tattoos are uh, accepted it's part of what you get depending on your status your st- exactly yeah. i was going to say rank but status is, is the yeah. right word so yeah so it's not just jailhouse tattoos yes there's a place for those as well but nowadays a guy with a full sleeve might be the the cook at earl's not not a guy that spent 15 years in Folsom prison right so yeah no and so in the work i wanted to shift a little bit with the tattoos is now in the workplace right you have to understand and and you know know your audience know your workplace right so there may be policies written and i'm i'm assuming hr is starting to kind of write about this too uh, tattoos in the workplace uh, when to have them out or when to have them shown or when to cover them up but if you're entering a uh, a meeting with an executive team that you've never met before i kind of i i personally recommend just wearing long sleeves if, if it's you know sleeves tattoos or whatever i personally recommend just not maybe putting it out there and having that shock and awe just just get to know that executive team first just to understand whether or not it's something that they understand or respect um, because you can get caught up with you know stereotyping and discrimination because you do have these tattoos and it folds into piercings and hair colors and all those other things that kind of yeah, people dress, can dress be judgmental robes. about yeah yeah it's you might be the most comfortable wearing your pajamas at home, but you wouldn't wear it to a business meeting, mm-hmm. right? And you could say, well, this is just me, and I'm comfortable in my pajamas, and, and you can't tell me, and I don't want to work for a company that doesn't... But but they have to understand that you're, you're working with other people, and that's why, although... You know, I'm on the fence with some dress code and some policies, you know, yep. the, the workplaces where you aren't customer facing and you have to wear dress pants every day and a dress shirt, but you never see a client or a customer. You should, there should be a jeans day on a Wednesday and a, you know, jogging pants on Tuesday, like jogging pants. whatever, no. but there should be times where jogging pants in the workplace, I'm, unless you're a gym teacher at high school, <laughs> you know, wearing jogging pants in the workplace, uh, I don't right? know, but you can wear pajamas at Hot Topics. Right, if, yeah. you, if that's your thing, but that, you, wearing, wearing those types of clothes really doesn't say, "Hey, I'm ready to work." But it, but it, yeah, unless you're working from home, and but that's they, what I'm saying. Well, it's, yeah. what, what is your output though? As long as your performance is still good, and you just sit in a cubicle all day, and you and uh, well, uh, personally, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, no problem. Oh, that, but that's me. Uh, and yeah. that's why I'm on the fence with it. That, that's so. why you're not running a company right now. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Everybody, it's uh, swim shorts and uh, bikini day hey, over at I had a Hawaiian uh, shirt day at... Uh, Hawaiian at shirt a, day is something. What, yeah, what, that's fine. No, but is it some people don't like it? Why? I, I don't know. Same. Who doesn't like Hawaiian shirt day? The same guy say, that say doesn't the name. like jogging pants. Jogging, no. that's uh, <laughs> just The jogging pants are just mean to me that you've given up. No, no, but yeah. you make a dedicated day for it. Is no, what you're yes, there's no dedicated jogging pants day. Absolutely, no. I honestly said, unless you're a gym teacher, cool, or you're like a fit, uh, like a trainer. You're right. The- you're right. In the sense that um, 
although they might not be customer facing, there could be clients that come into the office, depending on your, your work environment, for sure. But I do agree with like a funky hat day or a Hawaiian shirt day or something that livens yeah. it up a little bit. Fun. A yeah. fun theme. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. I agree with it. I mean, you know, like Taco Tuesdays and Taco all those other things, right? Yes, but uh, you could make it a thing, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't make it a like multiple every every week. It's something. It just it draws away attention from actually getting work done, right? For sure, yeah, yeah. Like, and, it loses and people wasting deal. money on sombreros, right? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, tattoos in the workplace. Uh, it's easy to cover up. Long sleeve shirts. I mean, everyone should have dress shirts or long sleeve shirts. It's easy enough to if. The biggest worry for me when I'm a leader is does it take away attention from the actual work that we want to complete? Sorry. Or is it a is it a deterrent for someone else with a cultural bias or a cultural issue that could take offense to um, a, a Christian cross or you know a Buddha or something like that that they would find offense to? So we have to kind of skate that thin line of what's acceptable, what's not. Is there an HR policy? Have I met these people before? Are they completely random? Is it a, for, like, you know, context? Know your audience. Yeah. You know, know that place. And it's easy enough to just wear a dress shirt. And if you want to roll your sleeves up after, roll them up, right? It's, you're back at your job, back at your cubicle, roll them up, then you know, you're showing them. And, you know, it can actually spur conversations, right? Hey, what's that? What is, is there a meaning behind that? Um, I was thinking about one. Is is it pain? It, it can bring people together as well. And we talk about this. Forty six percent of Americans have at least one tattoo now. Yeah, incredible. incredible. The numbers are going up, right? So yeah. we are pushing this new threshold where it's now more acceptable. Yeah, and when you when you have one, you you're all of a sudden part of a community as well. So you, then you start following tattoo artists online. You're you're on blogs or whatever people do nowadays. How they communicate, social media. You're part of that community all of a sudden, and 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 as we know, they're highly addictive. Once you get one, and they're therapeutic, you're like, I kind of want to get another one, and I got another idea for another one, and I think one would look good here, and 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 you you start chatting with people at work, and like you said. Where'd you get that done? What artist did that? And you're supporting that community that and all the business owners, small business owners that are tattoo artists, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And you can go away on trips and get a tattoo. You can yes. do bonding with other people. You know, it's it's not, you know, guitar string in a corner of a prison, you know, getting a tattoo of a teardrop on your like there are meanings for tattoos, obviously. Uh that's not what we're digging into it's just tattoos in the workplace right so for sure you know and the being able to be okay with it being able to accept it and the older generation i i, I can sense it already there's a big push that there's a lot of people with them now and so now they more they see them they're just kind of it's now becoming a not topic but you know from a executive or leadership perspective in a older stable situated company that maybe doesn't have a new policy it could be kind of I, offensive i think where I it's that. still taboo is maybe not so the neck down tattoos because those can be largely covered up but mm -hmm. it's the ones that are exposed on your hands legs your neck uh, face tattoos oh, yeah. 
you know, I can see there still being some taboo there or, or you know, you don't people don't feel like their brand's being represented properly by somebody that has six face tattoos. Sure. But at the same time, I mean, you borderline like a discrimin- discrimination. And where do you draw that line? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a tough one. Yeah, and I, I apologize to any of the high school gym teachers out there that uh, found it offensive. Jogging pants. Um, Steeple. So, yes, yeah, so, so Steepo, Stevie, anyone there out there that uh, may be offended by wearing jogging pants. It's just, it is what it is. It's not commonplace. And now I think what replaced most of the jogging pants nowadays is the Lululemons or the fitted uh, pants anyways. So there isn't a lot of jogging you go to the mall pants per and se. our daughter's age bracket, so you go anywhere from like 11 to 18, and they're wearing pajamas out at the mall with slippers. I find it not acceptable. Uh, yeah, I would have a hard time with it. Yeah. Too. yeah, no, it's not. All right. So tattoos in the workplace, do's and don'ts. You know what? Let's get over the hurdle. Let's not make it a big deal anymore. And I think we're kind of on our way. Like I mentioned, 46% of Americans have them. I didn't check the stats on Canada because we're a smaller population. And really, I see see them everywhere. I'm uh, part of the community as well as Clint and a lot of my friends. And uh, so here's to... New Horizons. New Horizons. Do you hear the the one about the termite that no. walked into a bar? Oh my gosh! And he said to the bartender, "He's like, hey, is the bartender here? Because uh, he's gonna eat it. He's yes. made of wood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Isn't that good? Oh no, it's terrible. All right, so we are going to get into our cock mocktail, and Clint's gonna make us the Tom Collins for himself. So let it. And he's going to make the Phil Collins for me, the unleaded, uh, easy lover version. The Tom Collins, a classic drink. One ounce of gin for the leaded one and one ounce of the unleaded gin. Followed by one ounce of lemon juice. Half ounce of simple syrup. And then we're going to top it up with the rest of the uh, tall rocks glass with club soda. We're going to add a lemon wheel for our garnish and a cherry. And right now, Clint's kind of just mixing everything. Maraschino cherry. We're just mixing everything up right now. So this is a non-alcoholic gin over the... I always thought gin was clear. And... um, (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) It's, It's brown. I'm just, it's I'm letting people know. It's got botanicals in it. It's got botanicals, yeah. So yes. it's a brown, um, n- non-alcoholic gin. We're going to be adding the lemon juice here. Clint's usually it's making good. such a huge mess, but. You're going to, no, right now I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty yeah, well. Yeah, not a drop yet. We're not well, done. There is yet. a little bit of uh, cherry juice. Oh, I see cherry juice. <laughs> so, uh, we are using the botanist gin, so Clint's. Go on top shelf, not no pun intended. Top shelf, yes. And that gin is clear and flavorful. <laughs> and I am, um, uh, my mouth is watering right now. So he's adding the top up of the club soda. Now you're gonna give this uh, a, sh- a stir. Yeah. So this is not a shaken drink, everyone. This is a stirred uh, cocktail, and it looks like my. Um, Organic non-alcoholic gin is fermenting on the bottom, so you know it's good. 
Hey, I've never actually tried it before. Uh, okay, so Ben hasn't tried it. We get a snap of photo for our oh, yeah, we'll photo for, uh, sure. for our X and our um, Instagram pages. Clint's looks delicious. Okay, we're going for it. We got it. Okay. We got it. There we are. Okay, so let's. Okay, here. I'll give you guys the unleaded version review. All right. Okay. Unleaded so, first. Let's do it. Uh, unfortunately, Clint's back on the microphone. Probably going to start yelling. No, I, I talk very. No, quiet. that's way better. Oh my god, it's just not Sen- me. Though. It's, it's very, not me. It's very sensual. I want to give the audience me, who I am as a person. Okay, <laughs> slow it down. Okay, sorry, we'll, sorry. Che- oh, cheers, Mister Avie. Tom Collins for the win. The the Phil Collins, <laughs> not an easy lover. Is <clears throat> tastes like a catcher's mitt. <laughs> it's like sweaty almost. Oh, I'm gonna just give it another chance. Just hold on. The look. If you can see the look on his face. Ah, oh, priceless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just too good. It's too good. Mm. You know what? You're I'm, the one that decided to drink mocktail. <laughs> so, you know what? There's winners and there's losers. I wouldn't recommend maybe uh, this uh, particular mocktail or cocktail, sorry. Or mocktail, whatever. No, the cocktail. Yeah. For sure. No, it's, it's the even, Tom Collins is great. It's even shaking me up right now. It's like, can I can't even see straight. <clears throat> it's like from I don't even know what what's in it. I'm gonna finish it uh, to give it an honest review. But um, if I if I had like if we were doing um, martini glasses, like a one out of ten, it it'd be a one. Okay. Yeah. One. My, mine's a, mine's a seven out of ten. Mm. Yeah. My, uh, I miss the sevens and the tens. Yeah. So you want to? Do you want to? Do you want me to? Burp I just want to smell it. Well, hey, I'm going strong. I I can do it. I I can do it. Uh, it's not like I'm forcing myself. I chose this path, you and uh, I'll see it to the end because I have willpower. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. I can do it. Yeah. I, Ooh, I, the aftertaste is. I'm, en- I'm envious of you. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I'm saving money because I'm not buying booze, so that's that's the thing. Yeah, and you're saving your your liver, and you're probably lost a bit of weight. You're feeling healthier. Why? Do I look fat? No, but I'm okay, imagining that you could. Yeah, you're I, very I have. Schvelt. 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 Sh- sh- I love that word. Schvelt. <laughs> and okay. I, I love the schwitzing as well. Oh, schwitzing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all schwitz. the Yiddish words are the best. A good schwitz. Schwitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're sending you guys out. It is uh, it's me, myself, and I, Jason uh, Philip Kraus Esquire, the host with the most. Yeah, and my main man. Yeah, and he's got nice eyes too. Yeah, steel blue like Clint's. Yes, we got the blue eyed banditos. Oh, hey, wow! New that'd be our new podcast name. <laughs> podcast number two. Podcast number uh, dos. 
And I'm Clint. Uh, the, you are Clint. The, the guy that gets beat up by the host with the most beautiful eyes. Oh. <laughs> and I, but I make a really good Tom Collins. Phil Collins, not so much. So we're going to send you off a little Phil here. 